0: Hello, everyone. I'm Sierra. And I'm Ashley. And this is your weekly Dose of Wicked. Wicked. On this day of podcastmas, my favorite podcasters gave to me 12 poisonings, 11 eyeball pluckings, 10 sleepless weekends, 9 missing hobos, 8 awkward dates, 7 medical malpractices, 6 southern stabbings, 5 golden rings, A quadruple homicide, a few cryptic notes, two teenage dirtbags, and a lunatic ex-husband.
1: What up? Welcome back to Day 3. Day 3 of
0: Podcastmas! Hope you're having fun. Hope you guys are enjoying it. If you're not, too bad, because there's nine days left.
1: (laughs) If you're new here, thanks for joining us. If you're not new here, thanks for sticking around. This is true. Glad you like us.
0: So yesterday, I plugged our website in for www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash W-D-O-W. And Ashley yelled at me because I didn't explain to you what buymeacoffee.com is. So I'm going to do that now. Essentially, Ashley and I both love coffee. Buymeacoffee.com is a website where you can go to buy us a coffee. Essentially, it just allows you to do a one-time donation versus like Patreon, where it's a monthly donation. It's just a one-time donation. There's different, like you pick how much you want to give. It's just like a fun way for you to support the show and our love for coffee and you know the long late nights of editing and recording that we do. It's it's just a way to support the show, really. That's all it is. Without without locking you into like a monthly support. That was a better explanation. Thank you. Yes, and with it being the holidays, you know maybe you just like us and you want us to have
1: coffee. I'm always down for cups of coffee.
0: Same. So there you go. That's my explanation. I mean it's it's a pretty simple website. You literally just go on there. You click a. Uh, One cup, three cup, five cup. You put in a dollar amount, whatever. I think it's priced like five bucks a cup. But you pick however many cups you want to buy. You put a little note in there. It comes to us. I, I just thought it was fun. I don't know. I mean, might flop. Maybe nobody will get us coffee and that's fine. Perfectly fine. So that being said, I think it's time for day three of Podcastmas.
1: Alrighty, let's jump on in. Oh boy, oh boy, I can't wait. I was trying to do the math in my head. What is it, nine more days? So yeah, today is... ba ba December 15th! Lucky there. Getting close. Hope you all are ready. I'm not. Me either, but it's fine. You know, I still have to
0: do my yearly Christmas shopping trip on December 23rd. No, you're doing so good this year. I'm not done, though, and I'm over-shopping. I don't want to shop anymore.
1: Me too. Same girl.
0: I still have a lot to buy, but it's fine. We're just gonna push it away and pretend it's not a problem. It's what I do best.
1: All right, anyways, back to the real reason we're here. I'm going to sing now, so get ready. Okay. On the third day of miss my favorite podcasters gave to me a few cryptic notes. That was horribly off-key. Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't want to sing it again, so let's just leave that. hmm Sounds good. All right. So, before I start, I just want to say that um, this case, super annoying. Okay. Researching it was very irritating. Okay. Uh, we've discussed this already with a few, like, previous cases that um, victims a lot of the times aren't given justice because there's something in the case that, like, blows up and it takes all of everything, all of the... Attention. Yes, attention. That's the word I'm looking for. All of the attention away from the crime. Yes. So that happens in this case. Right. So finding things about the actual case was very difficult. Um, so the majority of it focuses on two notes found on the victim. Most of the sources have different last whereabouts, different dates, different details. So try to bear with me and forgive me if you have heard different details or if I get anything wrong. Because, again, I tried.
0: I mean, really, they should just bear with us and forgive us on all cases because we never claim to be professionals.
1: Oh, no, we're not professionals at all. But
0: We We just do it for fun, so... If we get something wrong, I mean, just have some grace and, I mean, politely let us know. Yes. So,
1: n- without further ado, on June 30th of 1999, a woman was driving along Highway 367 in West Elton, Missouri.
0: That was a good year.
1: 1999?
0: Yep. Why? I was seven.
1: It was carefree. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, it wasn't a good year because she saw something weird in this cornfield. And when she went to investigate it, it was a body laying face down. It was a good year for me. I'm sorry for her, but it was before
0: Y2K, before we all thought we were going to die. Well, yes. Yes, that is true. We we thought all the computers were going to crash because they couldn't go past 2000. (laughs) Yeah, crazy year, huh? (laughs) It was. I can remember going to bed that night fearing that I was not going to wake up the next morning.
1: You know, surprisingly, I do remember that, but I don't remember anything else from that year because I was three. Okay,
0: well, I can very much recall like, laying in bed like, please, Lord, let me wake up tomorrow. Please don't (laughs) let the world end and all the computers crash.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I do recall that.
0: Good times. Okay, continue.
1: So, body laying face down. The police arrived, and they examined the body. They noticed that it was super decomposed. So, they believed the body had been there for weeks. Because of the amount of decomposition, a cause of death could not be determined. The um, skin was, like, coming off the body, and the fingerprints were, like, laying next to the hands. That's how decomposed the body was. That's disgusting. Yeah, super disgusting. There were no apparent stab wounds, gunshots, strangulation, nothing. The only thing they found at the scene was two handwritten documents found in the victim's pockets. Were they cryptic notes? They were cryptic notes, you guessed it.
0: Oh, how did I know? You must be psychic. <laughs> Yeah, that's it.
1: (laughs) By the fingerprints, the body was identified as 41-year-old Ricky McCormick. Ricky had never been reported missing, which I find extremely odd. Ricky was last seen at a gas station around 1130 on the morning of the 27th. So they found the body on the 30th, but he had been last seen on the 27th only three days. It's not that much. I mean, if I hadn't heard from my significant other or my siblings or whoever, in three days, I would report them missing.
0: Let's just If I didn't hear from you for three days, I'd report you missing. Sometimes I go weeks without hearing from my brothers.
1: Okay, but what about Jacob? I'd be fine. <laughs> you would not. Anyways. <laughs> okay, but so, why was why was
0: he so decomposed if it had only been three days? You tell me. Okay.
1: So that day, he called his girlfriend on the 27th to tell her that he was going to an Amico gas station to get something to eat. He had actually worked part-time at this particular gas station, and the attendant working admitted to seeing Ricky that morning around the same time. After, there were no sightings of Ricky until June 30th when his body was found. So to start the investigation, they started with his whereabouts the previous week. On June 22nd, he was in Forest Park Hospital for an exacerbation of his health issues. He had chronic heart and lung conditions that caused him to end up in the hospital kind of frequently. He was treated and released on June 24th. He then returned back to the hospital for more breathing problems on the 25th. His girlfriend said in the last couple of weeks leading up to the death, he was acting kind of weird, anxious, kind of scared. She asked, and he didn't tell her why. His family said that they didn't really notice any strange behavior. The police still could not determine a cause of death, so this was not officially ruled a homicide. There were no signs of any sort of a struggle. He had known health problems, so they thought maybe Ricky died of natural causes. In a cornfield? Yeah, in a cornfield. That makes sense. So like, maybe he was walking and
0: just collapsed. In a cornfield? I mean... Okay. Um, I I don't know why I'm being so judgmental. I walk in cornfields all the time.
1: Yeah. Maybe that's a normal thing to do in Missouri. I don't know. I have no idea. But the weird thing was, Ricky lived about 15 miles away from this cornfield, and he didn't have a car. Oh, yeah. That is weird. So, how was he stopping at the gas station? He, was like, walked, I guess. Okay. It's that he lived in, like, um outside of, like, St. Louis. So, it's a pretty big city, I think. Okay. Makes sense. So anyways, his time of death was sometime on June 27th after 11.30 p.m. Okay. But again, the decomposition, they weren't really sure when that was because the body was much more decomposed than it should have been after only three days.
0: Maybe they don't lie on it.
1: Maybe. The police believed that he died somewhere else and then he might have been stored somewhere without climate control, like a shed or a trunk of a car that would have trapped heat and caused rapid decomposition. I mean, that's very possible, yeah. They believe he was then moved and dumped in the cornfield. Okay. So, something else really weird, the cornfield that he was found in was known as a body dumping ground. So there was multiple bodies there? I mean, not at that time, but overall, yes, there was multiple bodies found in that exact cornfield. That sounds super weird to me that they have a designated cornfield that they dump bodies in. I agree. I couldn't find exactly how many bodies they found in this cornfield, but multiple articles mentioned that it was a dumping ground. So I would assume that is multiple. Okay then. Um, I also couldn't find anything that said that these cases were related at all. So just a random cornfield that random people get dumped into. I don't know. Makes sense to me. So the police found out a couple of weeks prior to his death he had made a trip to Orlando, Florida to pick up drugs. He was known to go pick up things for people in exchange for money. His girlfriend said that he was a known drug runner, so they thought this could be a possibility of what happened to him, but that lead came up dry. They didn't find anything there. So, again, the only evidence the police had were those two notes found in Ricky's pocket that seemed to be written in code. There was no evidence, no cause of death, no witnesses, nothing. So the case just went kind of cold. There wasn't a lot of investigation done. It wasn't even technically ruled a homicide or a crime. Okay. So, the little information I did find about Ricky, he was born on June 14th, 1958. He lived in the greater St. Louis area with his elderly mother. So, that's another reason I think it's really odd that he wasn't reported missing. He had a girlfriend, and he lived with his mom. Right.
0: I find it more interesting. Well, devil's advocate. I don't know. I mean, how often did he talk to his girlfriend? How serious was the relationship? Like,
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe. Maybe it was like beginning stages.
0: Maybe they didn't talk every day. And then also, maybe they were close and his mother just assumed he was at her house. Right. Okay. I guess I could see that. I mean, I could see that. one. 100- if he didn't live with his girlfriend. I was thinking like living girlfriend. Yeah. No, he lived with his mom. And I was like, hmm, some sketchy stuff. But if he lived with his mom, his mom very easily could have thought, well, he's at his girlfriend's house. And his girlfriend could have thought like, well, whatever. I mean, maybe they don't talk every day. So maybe it didn't really seem odd to her.
1: Yeah. Maybe it was like. Not like a serious girlfriend. Maybe it was just like a girlfriend that he just started dating or yeah. whatever. Uh, a fooling. Right. So because of his chronic heart and lung problems, he was able, but he did work part-time jobs like the one at the gas station. He was known as a pretty wild dude. He would often tell bizarre stories and wild tales. A lot of his family said that he would often speak like he was in another world. Okay. He had undiagnosed learning disabilities and mental illness. It was speculated that he had dyslexia and either bipolar disorder or schizophrenia, but none of that was diagnosed. He was never married, but he did have four kids. He had a criminal record. He was sentenced three years for statutory rape in 1992 when he was 34. He had a relationship, with air quotes on it, with a 14-year-old who was the mother to two of his children. How old was he? 34. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't like that.
0: Definitely not a fan of 34-year-olds knocking up 14-year-olds.
1: No. And then it was a relationship. Like, that's not a relationship. And he had two children with her. Right, so when did it start? Okay. Yeah. So he got sentenced three years for that, and he served, um, depending on the source, 11 to 13 months of the sentence before he was released. So, yeah, that's pretty much it on... His death and his background. The majority will be about those cryptic notes. Okay? So when you look into the case, that's all you found. I just said that, but anyways. So those two notes were found in Ricky's pockets. They were handwritten sequences of numbers and letters with parentheses. It was about thirty strings of code. There were two separate codes on two separate pages, and they didn't seem to be related codes. Seemed to be two separate codes or ciphers, whatever you want to call them. For two years, the local police tried to decode these messages themselves, but when they couldn't figure anything out, they brought in the FBI. The FBI then worked for 10 more years on trying to decipher this. They really believed that if they could decode these messages, then they could solve this mysterious death of Vicki. The Cryptanalysis and Racketeering Record Unit, or the CRRU, and the American Cryptogram Association have worked for years to try to crack the code, but they have had no luck. It's been one of the top unsolved cases of the CRRU for many years, pretty much since they found the notes. Um, The only two um, codes topping it are one from the Zodiac Killer and a secret threat to an undisclosed government agency. Um, They played with the idea that maybe these notes don't actually mean anything, then they're just gibberish. But they decided that there's too many numbers and letters that repeat themselves to not mean anything. Some commonalities are the numbers 71, 74, and 75, along with a four-letter word NCBE. They think that's an acronym for something, but they don't know what. Right. It's most likely that the notes were in within three days of Ricky's death. How they came up with that, I don't know. But it's also undetermined if the notes were actually written by Ricky or someone else. I was going to ask
0: that, like, did they know who wrote the notes? But, okay.
1: So I go, I talk about it later, but they think it was Ricky, but they can't be 100% positive right. that it was Ricky. In March of 2011, 12 years after the murder, the FBI turned to the public for help. After working on the notes for 10 years and not getting any closer to deciphering them, They released the notes and asked for any information about the notes or if any amateur code crackers or decipherers, or cryptanalysis, whatever you want to call them, could figure out the cipher. The public really got into it, and it got national coverage. By the second week of April, so they released them in March, by the second week of April, there were 2,300 tips flooding into the FBI. I didn't write it down, but or I didn't put it in this, but I think it was March 29th okay. that they released. So, in two weeks. That's a lot of tips. They actually ended up stopping taking calls about the notes and made all the tips go through um, their website or by mail. Okay. Which is still up and running. The family didn't find out anything about these notes until they released them to the public. Okay. Which I think is crazy to me. Like, I get not releasing it to the public. To not interfere with, like, the case. But you would think they would at least, like, try to get some information out of the family.
0: Right. You would think so, but I don't know. I mean, maybe they thought the family was involved.
1: Maybe, but I don't know. So when they asked his family about the notes, his mom said that the only thing Ricky could write was his name. He didn't write in no code. The majority of family said that he was illiterate and it wouldn't have been possible for him to write a sophisticated code like this. Mm Mm-hmm. But some of his cousins said that he had actually been writing in code since he was a child, and it wasn't unusual for him. Okay. To them, it just looked like gibberish, but maybe Ricky had his own language and thought he was actually writing. His dad also stated that he would often scribble nonsense, but he wouldn't say it was a code. Okay. Um, I see you're typing. Are you looking for the code? I just was looking at it to see like what it was, but yeah, it's just like nonsense. Yeah. I was going to send them to you if you needed me to. but. Yeah. I think you got it under control. Yeah, I pulled them up, but I don't know. I mean, I don't know. It is a lot of gibberish. Yeah, I mean, it just looks like nonsense to me. I don't know. I'm not a decoder or a decipherer or whatever.
0: Yeah, no. It's, yeah.
1: I have no idea. So, Dan Olson, who was the chief of the CRR, believed it is 100% not gibberish and it's a real cipher. hmm He says, It doesn't happen often that we have an unsolved cipher of the significance. The characters are not random. There are many E's, for example, that could be used as a spacer. There are many characteristics that suggest it could be solved. Many patterns. The problem is we don't know why it's not solvable. So it's stumped the code breakers in the nation for years. Mm -hmm. And almost all experts agree that it's not random, but it's very sophisticated. They say that there are four steps to deciphering code. Number one, determining the language used. Number two, determining the system used. Number three, reconstructing the key. And number four, reconstructing the plain text. And that none of them have able to get past step two. Okay. I mean, how can they even determine what language it's in, though? I don't know. But they are confident it's English. Okay. But I don't see how that is since he can't write.
0: You know what I think would be fantastic is if, like, he did have his own sophisticated code and he, like, wrote these coded notes and it was, like, a grocery list.
1: Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I mean, com- be possible and it's been 23 years that they've been trying to figure out these notes yeah so one thing a lot of people are really hung up on is if it was possible that ricky could have developed his own language so sophisticated that no one can break it mm-hmm. or that he could remember this language enough when he couldn't even read or write himself right but i think maybe that's why like no one can crack it because he couldn't write so he just made things up and there's like no rhyme or reason to it right i mean it doesn't make sense and like you said, maybe he's not even using English. Right. So some people think someone else wrote the note, but the FBI believes pretty confidently that it was Ricky who wrote the note because of the way it's written. Again, just like gibberish to me, so I don't know. Um, They say that the format seems to be in the way you would write to yourself and not a letter to someone else. Okay. Again, I have no idea how they're getting that, but that's what they say. Right. The FBI came out to say that they just feel like they just need one more note or clue, and they be feel like they'd be able to solve it. Okay. So I feel like maybe if they would have um, came to his family 23 years ago when they found the note, maybe they would have had something else to compare it to. Right. Maybe he really did write codes all the time, like his cousins and his dad said.
0: Right, maybe he had like a whole book
1: of codes, and they got rid of them because it was 23 years ago. Right, they threw them away because they were just gibberish, so they weren't worried about it. Right. So maybe if they would have went to the family 23 years ago. Right. And been like, hey, we found these weird notes. You know anything about that? They could have been like, oh, yeah, he's got a whole book of notes in his bedroom. Right. I I mean, I would assume they, like, searched the bedroom, but still. I mean, did they, though? Because you said they didn't even think it was a homicide. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, at first, like, they thought, like, because of, like, how decomposed the body was, and... I definitely think it's a homicide. Weird. I mean, me too. I definitely think so, but... 100%. There's nothing that like proves it's homicide so it's just crazy well did it say like what the cause of death was no they never figured it out there was no no stab wounds no strangulation marks no gunshot wounds i mean nothing and the body was too decomposed that they couldn't i assume they couldn't do an autopsy right they said like the body was too decomposed they couldn't find a cause of death huh. nuts it has now been 23 years since ricky died and the notes are found, and they're still not any closer to deciphering the notes or figuring out this mysterious death. Yeah. So I'm going to talk about the theories. So there's quite a few floating around. Um, a huge theory is related to the drug running that he did.
0: I mean, that's what I would think. first. That would be the first thought.
1: Right. So they're thinking that... Um, the notes were to himself because they think that he wrote the notes. So they think that the notes were like who he was selling to, what he was selling, quantities, mm-hmm. locations, yeah. things like that.
0: Well, also because if you look at it, like I thought that as well, when I was looking at it, I mean, I'm not a code decipher, but in like parentheses, it's got like random letters, 71 NCBE random letters, 74 NCBE random letters, right. like 75 NCBE. Like maybe it's code for like, I don't
1: know what the drug is and where he's dropping it off or who the person is and where he's dropping it off
0: quantity of how many Or you know what I mean right or like I don't know maybe he's got like a list of clients and that's like client number 71 client number 74 client number 75 I don't know right yeah I mean you got a lot of numbers in there right
1: and like also
0: um
1: this is not really part of like this talking about the drugs but if you notice on like that one it says like p1 with a circle on it hmm So, like, I'm thinking, like, page one. So, there's probably a page two somewhere.
0: Oh, yeah. I think that was pretty obvious. I felt mm-hmm. like maybe they wrote the P1 on it, because it was, like, the first one they found.
1: Um, I mean, maybe. But I don't know why they would have wrote on his note. And they didn't write P2 on the other one.
0: Yeah, I don't know. But there's a lot of stuff, like, in parentheses. So, yeah. I mean, I feel like... Right. And that NCBE's up here, too.
1: Yeah, I mean, that NCBE's in it a lot. Yeah, that's, like, those letters, or the numbers and the NCBE. It's, like, the main things that keep repeating themselves. What if it was, like, a super easy country crack? Apparently it's not.
0: I know, but what if it was? Like, how stupid would they feel if, like, somebody cracks after 23 years and it's, like, super easy?
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> probably pretty stupid, but clearly it's not super easy. They really would have cracked it by now. Anyway. So also a lot of people think it's like a medical. He it's had a, a lot of health issues.
0: It's a medical so what?
1: A medical journal of some sort. Maybe. Um. He had a lot of health issues. So he must have been taking like a lot of prescriptions, they're thinking. Um. So maybe the notes were like what he was taking, when he was supposed to take them, how many he was supposed to take, dates and times, things like that. But um, a lot of people question if it was just about his medicine, then why is it a secret? Mm-hmm. You would think he would want like people to know those things in case something happened to him or, or an accident or he ended up like in an unfamiliar hospital. Right. Um, but, I mean, I'm thinking that maybe it wasn't a secret. Maybe that's just how he wrote. Right. So he thought he was trying to help, but he wasn't. Right. I don't know. Um, Another theory is that the killer wrote the note to throw off police. But again, the FBI is pretty sure that Ricky wrote the note. And if the killer was writing a code, then you would think they would make it easier to crack and to lead the police to someone else or somewhere else. Right. Um, Another theory is that he was a note runner. You know he's a drug runner, so maybe he also took notes back and forth between like mm-hmm. drug dealers or other people, right? So if that's the case, there's about a million different things notes could have been, right? But maybe it was someone like trying to intercept the notes that killed him. But yeah. if that's the case, I don't feel like they would have left the notes in his pocket. They would have taken him, and they also think Ricky wrote the notes. So right, like I think that one's possible, but right, also not. So, yeah, I definitely think that Ricky's death was um, some sort of a foul play. I don't think he died of natural causes in a cornfield, but.
0: I don't think so at um, all.
1: Yeah. The notes, not a decipher. I have no idea about any of them. Yeah. I don't
0: know. Yeah, it's
1: a pretty infuriating case. Yeah. So, there's not a lot of information. There's really nothing to go off of in his death slash murder slash natural causes, whatever it was. And yeah, they have no idea what these weird notes mean. Yeah. So if um anyone wants to be a sleuth or a decipherer, then um you can go to the FBI webpage and they like talk a little more about like how to crack codes, what to look for. And then if you have any ideas, you can like write it in or email them or something.
0: I find it kind of crazy though that they have, like 23,000 codes or like tips and none of them
1: were right. Yeah, I don't know. Kind of crazy. Yeah, I definitely think it could just be like a shopping list. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel like it could be for sure. Yeah, I don't know that the cracking the letters would really help, but they think they would. So, yeah. The FBI knows more than I do. I mean, yeah. I'd say so. They're professionals. I'm not. Hmm. Pretty crazy. So,
0: yeah, that's it on our
1: third day of podcast, Miss.
0: That was not fun. It's kind of crazy.
1: <laughs> that was not fun. No, it wasn't. <laughs> not fun. No, I did not have very much fun um, researching it or writing it. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that, but thanks for sharing.
0: All right, well, we'll catch you tomorrow when I cover a quadruple homicide. woo Not really. Dun-dun-dun.
1: Dun-dun-dun. Wah-wah-wah. There we go. All right, bye, everyone. Bye. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard and want to support a small podcast, please give us money at
0: www.patreon.com forward slash weekly dose of wicked, where you can join one of our three tiers at the $5 level. We've got the moderately wicked for $7 a month. We've got the awesomely wicked. for all of those high rollers, big ballers out there, we got the $10 level, the Extraordinarily Wicked. As a member of our Patreon, you are entitled to bonus episodes. Uh, You also get a one-time shout-out on our podcast, as well as some other cool little extra things going on there. So come on over. Join our fan club.
1: Feel free to give us a follow on Instagram at weekly underscore dose
0: underscore of underscore wicked or you can literally just search weekly dose of wicked and we'll pop up because we're the only ones for a direct feed of our podcast please go to www.weeklydoseofwicked.buzzsprout.com
1: great news you can now listen to us pretty much wherever you like to listen to podcasts that's right folks, we are
0: big time. You can now hear your weekly dose of wicked on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Plus Alexa, Podcast Addict, Podchaser, Pocket Cast, Deezer, Listen Notes, Player FM, Podcast Index, Overcast, Castro, Castbox and Podfriend. The
1: only place we can't seem to get ourselves on is Pandora.
0: So, we'll let you know when that happens.
1: In the meantime, make sure to come back next Wednesday for your Weekly Dose dose of Wicked. Wicked. ba